1: I got a special product for my cannabis love in Kings and Queens. If you love a good pre-roll, a joint, you have that fresh cannabis. We want to make sure it's staying fresh. And so I'm thankful to have Integra specialty products here at the low life podcast brings you plant-based solutions for top tier cannabis storage and packaging with two day humidity control packs. Ensure the freshness, potency, and quality of your cannabis with boost plant-based solutions that only puts in pure water vapor into your dried out buds. Ideal for flower, pre-roll edibles. They offer harmonious balance of convenience and freshness for more information check them out at www.integraboost.com or at integra herbal on instagram use code lowlife at checkout for 15 percent off your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com another day is here and you're ready for
0: it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
1: Hola, welcome one and all, men, women, children, whoever, however you identify yourself, he, she, this, they, there, you are welcome and you have come to the right place and you are loved, my kings and queens, bienvenidos, welcome to this little shit show, the Low Life Podcast, I'm your spicy ass host, Mr. Low Von Rumpf, and I'm so happy to be here with you today, no place I'd rather be. And right here, all nice and cozy in my cardigan with my low lifers. This is my safe place and always a highlight of my week. Really? My God. I just, I'm so thankful for this pod community. I cannot believe we just celebrated a year anniversary. <clears throat> thank you for that. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you. And yeah, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast if it wasn't for my incredible listeners. Yeah. Without listeners, we don't have a podcast. So thank you here we go. Nobody asked mental health time for a little check-in with you guys on a scale of, let's say Walmart to Gucci. Yeah. Walmart to Gucci. I'm a solid TJ Maxx this week. Yep. (laughs) Yep. TJ Maxx 7.5. Boom. That's where I'm at, which is the perfect way to describe this particular week of mine, because it is like a TJ Maxx. You know, the thing is when I go to TJ Maxx, sometimes I'll go, And I'm like, damn, I found something really good, something for the home, maybe a cute little blazer or something. I'm like, what a treasure I have found amongst the trash. How nice. It was worth the drive. It was worth having to find parking. Parking's difficult in L.A. You know, you got to really put in the effort. Other times, I'll make the drive to TJ Maxx, park and everything. I get in there and I'm like, there's nothing here just a bunch of trash. You got shitty DMV, fluorescent lighting. Nobody looks good. You got babies crying. Moms are stressed out. It's crowded. People are pushing on each other, feeling anxiety. And I'm just like, why am I here today? Why did I put myself through this? And yeah, that's a pretty good representation of this week. It was a mixed bag of tricks. Some days were great. Some days felt like a a TJ Maxx on a shitty day. But all in all, it's a uh, I guess my week is TJ Maxx on a decent day. You might find a treasure or two. It's all good though, even though this week wasn't the best. I had some stressful stuff at work, I wasn't sleeping all that much, and I had to help a friend move and and that one threw me off cuz I was like, "Oh, it's so hard to say goodbye, but also I don't do goodbyes. It's more like I will see you later, my friend." You know what I mean? Like that helps me process it in a healthier way. Um so I don't get down. I just look forward to the next time I get to see the person, which is where I'm at. And speaking of getting to see a friend later, I'm so excited. So even though this week was like a 7.5, I'm going to hit a freaking high note because I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee. I cannot wait to go to Nashville. I'm actually leaving this weekend. I'll be there for over a week, um, but I'm going to see my little Canadian maple delight, Miss Caitlin freaking Bristow and her fiancé, Mr. Jason Tardick. Oh. I can't wait to be reunited with them. And it's a long overdue trip that I'm so freaking excited to take. My mental health will probably be at a freaking 10 out of 10. Just the excitement of getting to go and wear cute coats and serve up some looks in Nashville. It's everything I want, especially because here in LA, who am I fooling wearing a cardigan, you know, pretending like it's fall. Like, come on, I'm looking outside right now. I got a chunky knit cardigan on, a spice candle in my living room. Um, But it's 86 degrees. The sun is shining. It feels like summer outside. So outside of seeing the occasional pumpkin at a Trader Joe's uh, and a spice candle and then, you know, lowering my AC to 64 degrees, that's the most fall I'm going to get here in Los Angeles, which, not complaining, it's just, it is what it is. If you live in a place where you get to see the leaves change colors and you feel that cool, crisp air at night, like... Uh, don't take it for granted. What a gift. And so I definitely can't wait to experience that. And I'm so looking forward to the next week or so in Nashville. I'll be taking my low lifers on the road with me. So if you follow me on the gram. I'll be posting to my stories and I'll be podcasting with both Caitlin and Jason, which would be great. Um, I have a lot of friends in Nashville. I'm going to get to visit with. So it's just going to be a, a really fun trip. And I've been looking forward to this one for a while. And then right after I go to Nashville, I have a New York trip planned, which I haven't been in New York in uh, about a year. No, over a year. Yeah. And I'm so used to going to New York all the time for clients. And I go for Fashion Week and a bunch of other stuff. Um, But with the pandemic, yeah, I definitely wasn't on the East Coast. So I'm so excited for my New York trip. And, God, I love my friends in New York. I'm going to get a couple of them to come on the podcast You'll be obsessed with them. They're the sweetest people on the planet. Like I love a good New York vibe. It's different, different energy, but again, some of my favorite people and the best friends I've made. All right, let's get into today's special episode. I was trying to figure out direction, like where should I go with this week's episode, and I actually was inspired by a conversation I had with a friend. I was making him dinner and he's very vegan. He's all about the ethical treatment of animals. And there's specific reasons why he's chosen to live a vegan life. And he shared a lot of those reasons with me. He's very passionate about it. And and we were having this conversation. He's telling me about, you know, you got to watch this documentary. And he's always giving me, you know, case studies to read, sending me links to stuff. And again, introducing me to all these documentaries, some of which I've watched already. My God, it's a lot to take in. Like you have to be on the right mindset to want to dive into the world of like animal cruelty or farming or how f***ed up the dairy industry is or how fucking disgusting the meat industry is like, oh, it's a lot to take in. And yeah, it's not that I don't care or that I'm not interested. I'm very interested in it and I love hearing his opinions about why he's vegan or why he chose a plant based lifestyle. Um, but again, you got to be in the right mood for it. And I love hearing his thoughts and perspectives. But then on the flip side, I have a couple of friends of mine who are in the medical field and they live a very carnivorous life and they're very pro meat eating. They're actually doing keto diet. Um, so there's that side of it too. And, and I love hearing their perspectives and opinions. So I'm not doing any shaming. I have no agenda here. Like whatever you want to eat, like you do you boo. If you want to eat freaking Cheesecake Factory, you know, get some brown bread. Like I'm right there with you. I just like to explore all of my options. So I've tried a Mediterranean diet right now. I am currently eating a plant-based diet, but that's not to say I'm not craving a burger or I want a steak once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. Like when I'm in Nashville, like might need to get some fried chicken, you know, some good Buffalo wings. Like they got some great barbecue too. So who knows? I might have to give up the plant-based life and dive into some freaking brisket. I just don't like being put in a box. I don't want to shame anybody. So whatever your diet is, you know, I support it. I endorse as long as you live a long, healthy life. That's all that really matters. That's the end goal for all of us, isn't it? So that being said, that's why I decided to have this amazing doctor come on today who is a naturopathic doctor. So he believes in a more homeopathic natural approach to medicine. He's an amazing doctor. He's well-educated. He's well-versed in this topic, and he lives a plant-based vegan life not an agenda he's pushing. That's just a lifestyle that he's found particularly beneficial to his life and a lot of his patients, which is great. But it's cool because as I was having that dinner with my friend who's so passionate about all of this stuff, and he's like, you're complicit, Lo. <laughs> and I said, I'm not complicit about it. Like, I'm very interested and curious about it. I just don't want to put in the work to do the research about all this shit. I'm very fascinated by it, but I don't know if I want to watch all the documentaries and look up all the different oils and the benefits of this one and that one. And there's so much shit being thrown out there. A lot of true falsehoods and false truths. And, and who knows what the hell to believe nowadays. You know, there's a lot being thrown at all of us when it comes to what we are consuming what works and what's going to make our bodies healthy and perform at the optimal best, a lot of different opinions out there. So I want to explore all of those opinions. So today that's why I'm having this naturopathic doctor on so we can talk about a plant-based diet and the benefits to it. And, and also I wanted him to debunk some popular things that are out there, like microwaves causing radiation or if collagen powders for your smoothies actually work and can help prevent wrinkles. Or the argument that a lot of carnivores make about, you know, if you're eating a plant-based burger, is it loaded in chemicals? Why don't you just eat the pure thing? Eat the beef. You're eating some impossible burger that's loaded with chemicals and preservatives. It's probably better if you just eat the organic grass-fed beef. And I was actually very curious in his answer. So I'm excited to have this guest on. Um, I have another doctor that I'm going to bring on who is on the flip side of things, who is all about that carnivorous life. And again, that's what the show is about. I always want to explore different opinions, different perspectives, because I'm curious about it all. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. It is filled with useful, beneficial information that's going to help improve your mind, your body, and overall your health. That's what matters most. And I like the way he breaks things down. It makes it very easy to digest. Pun intended. So let's jump into today's very special episode with Dr. Nagra. So at a young age, Dr. Matthew Nagra struggled with multiple health issues such as asthma, allergies, and weight management wasn't until he transitioned to a plant-based diet that he noticed some massive improvements were happening, which was ultimately the catalyst for the career he's chosen today. He has his degrees in microbiology, and this overachieving king from Canada holds additional board certifications in prescriptive authority, immunizations, advanced injection therapies, and acupuncture. But at the core of his practice, his love, his passion is for plant-based vegan nutrition, physical medicine, and chronic disease, which is why he received a plant-based nutrition certification from Cornell University and the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies, where he's also been the author of multiple articles on plant-based nutrition and medicine. And now he's here with us today at the Low Life Podcast as an expert to share his knowledge, his findings, and answer the questions that we have for him today on living that plant-based life. So, welcome to the Low Life Podcast, Dr. Matthew Negra. Here's the thing: first of all, uh, you're Canadian, which I love. Yeah, Mike, I have a, a soft spot for Canadians, especially because one of my best friends, Caitlin, she's from Alberta, Canada, and I spent some time in Vancouver. And was absolutely obsessed with it. It's beautiful. My God. Like, do you live a very active lifestyle? Are you doing those bike rides and just living?
0: um actually I I don't even have a bike. Um and I i borrow I borrow a bike sometimes or rent them but I i uh I run along the seawall and stuff pretty regularly. Like oh, um amazing. yeah yeah like I, I'm quite active. I play soccer next next week I've got five games in eight days. So Jesus
1: <laughs> yeah oh my, oh my God. And right now it's beautiful there, right? Weather's like it
0: is, yeah. but after this weekend, I think things are turning around. We're getting all the rain and everything, so yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see how long it is before we get another sunny day.
1: How How is your week going so far? It's Friday when we're recording this, but I always like to kind of scale it one to ten. One being you want to enter a, a mental institution; ten is euphoric bliss. So you're somewhere on the scale. How would you rate your week right now?
0: I'd say it's like an eight. Like it's pretty uh, good. I'd say pretty that's said Pretty good. A really uh, strong number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd say
1: I'm doing well. There's a that's a 80%. It's a, like a strong B. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that's you're doing shot. okay,
1: good. Now, I always like to feel it out with the guests. Where are they at? I had one guest. She's like, I'm a five today. I have a migraine. I'm like, okay, we'll keep this yeah. interview short. So the thing is, when it comes to living a plant based life, when it comes to just diet in general, I've kind of done a little bit of a skimming the surface. There are so many different things that are offered for people. And, and I guess there's like both sides of the argument. If you wanna you know, be a meat eater, and live a carnivorous life, you're down for just going plants, solo mission on that side of it. And I see the benefits of both sides. The thing is I've watched enough documentaries and stuff and I'm completely horrified but what I'm seeing. And I watched Seaspiracy really did it for mm. me recently. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with meat because it's so gross what's going on in the meat industry. So then I thought I would just switch to fish for a bit and, uh, and plants. And then I watched Seaspiracy and I was like, I'm good with that too. Like I don't <laughs> ever want to eat fish. I will. But again, right now I've actually been kind of more plant-based, but I have to say for someone who is trying to figure it out, there's also the argument of like, based on your blood type, what type of diet you should have. And I don't know if that there's any actual validity. There are studies. I don't know um, how we can talk about it, (laughs) how much evidence is based in those studies. But if you're O positive, you you're going to need a more carnivorous diet or or whatever. So again, for (laughs) listeners out there, myself included, who are trying to figure out what the hell they should be doing diet wise, that's where I can go to you, the expert and kind of get your input on that. What are your thoughts?
0: As you kind of alluded to, there's a lot of debate out there around certain foods and and is it okay to eat this or that, or is it, you know, for the most part though, what gets left to the side is what we agree on. I think most people, and in fact, if you look at our dietary guidelines or, you know, people promoting even something like the paleo diet, which might be a bit more meat heavy, we all agree that our plate should be filled with plants, like your vegetables you know, fruits, although depending on the dietary patterns, some might say more, some may say less. And then when you get into like legumes and whole grains, uh, even people on like a paleo diet. I know a lot of them are, are fans of things like oats, uh, for example, we can agree on some of those foundations. Now, when we look at the research though, versus what just, you know, these different personalities uh, agree or disagree upon, it's very consistent The dietary patterns that are dominated by plants like i'm not saying exclusively plants but at least dominated by plants being your fruits vegetables whole grains legumes nuts and seeds mm-hmm. is the healthiest way to go for longevity for cardiovascular disease risk uh, for risk of certain cancers for type 2 diabetes risk mm-hmm. that is is understood now whether you're going 100 percent plant-based you know, as a vegan like myself or whether you're going you know 85 90 percent, you're eating more of like a mediterranean style diet they're both going to be very, very healthy, and you know I don't think we can build a really solid argument for one being better than the other. Now, where the choice to go 100% plant-based comes from is more the environmental impact and the ethics behind our food decisions. Is that, um, so, is that why
1: you yeah. ended up going vegan?
0: So I actually went strictly plant-based as uh, uh, how old was I? Probably 18 or something like that, and that was actually driven more by health. But it wasn't so much because I thought that one hundred percent all in was the healthiest. It was because I had started making changes towards a more plant-based diet in the years leading up to that, and then I saw myself slipping a little bit the other way. You know, you make exceptions yeah. here and there. You're having a bit of this, a bit of that, and all kind of. you know, What was your up.
1: exception? I'm just so curious. Were you oh, like, no. were you craving a burger?
0: No, no. So I, um, I started when I was 15, I got rid of dairy. That was the first thing that was gone. I, I got rid of all your classic junk foods, like your sodas, your chocolate bars and all of that. Uh, and then you know, I started kind of transitioning more towards a plant-based diet. I still ate a little bit of meat, but just not nearly as much as I was prior. But then I went to university. And when I was at university, I had you know my food card I was using in the cafeteria. I'd still, I, I would say I made a lot healthier choices than than a lot of my friends there. You didn't but put on the freshman fifteen. I did not. I did not. Um, yeah. But uh, I could tell, especially with the you know the cafeteria food and and you know the drinking on weekends and stuff. It just it started getting a little worse and worse to the point where I was like not feeling as good. Um, a lot of those benefits I was experiencing prior they've kind of fallen to the wayside. I need to just go a hundred percent strict and like for me that hard line works. It works to it, it or at least at the time it worked for me to be like. Okay, hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not gonna, you know, make exceptions because one leads to two, leads to three, leads to four, and then and then my diet quality isn't isn't as good as it, it was prior. Now, understanding a lot more about the nuances um, around the research and, and really diving into that, and you know, having a bit more self control, I would say, I know that I could, I think, eat you know a ninety percent plant based diet or something, and just maintain that, and and you know make decisions around that. But for me, it is absolutely driven by ethics and the environmental impact at this point. The, that is something that came in in the couple years following my decision to go strictly mm. plant-based.
1: Well, the thing is, which I guess this is an unpopular opinion, mm-hmm. but I completely get where you're coming from, especially after watching some of these documentaries. I mean, wow, do they have some really disturbing footage for people to see. And I've realized the dairy industry, the meat industry, just, I mean... Are, are not for the people. It's all about profits and margins and that sort of thing. But here's the thing, I guess for me, my the most important thing for me is I want to live a healthy life. I want to live a long life. And I want to make sure my body is just taken care of in the best way possible. And I guess that's why sometimes morality or my ethics might be compromised. Because if I had to eat Let's say if they're saying, you know, you need to eat that beef low, it's so good, like good for your body. It's the best thing for your brain to function at full capacity or, or whatever. I mean, even if it was like, you got to start eating crickets and insects and shit, like I would be down. I'd start taking cricket supplements. If it was, you know, evidence-based, I mean, I guess that doesn't say the best thing about who I am ethically or my morality, um, but I'm willing to sacrifice it for the betterment of my body. But I guess what my question to you is, there is some evidence base, uh, and this is just for me uh, looking into research and stuff that you've actually put out. By the way, your Instagram, so good. Just started following you. um, But I was looking at it the other day, and a lot of the questions I want to address today are things that you talk about constantly on Instagram. (laughs) But I actually think there is some evidence, a lot of it actually, to show that even though meat could be good for you and there are amazing vitamins and nutrients from uh, a carnivorous diet, a uh, meat-eating diet, I think you could end up living a little bit longer if you are just eating them plants, right?
0: Generally speaking, again, that goes back to what I said, a diet dominated by plants, whether it's 100% or whether you have small amounts of animal products probably isn't going to make a big difference. But when it comes to you know looking at even nutrient quality or, or uh, nutrient status amongst Uh, plant eaters, strictly plant eaters versus uh, meat eaters, we consistently find in a variety of populations for athletes or non-athletes or older or younger individuals that the um, ones eating plant based typically have as good or better overall nutrient intake and status compared to the meat eaters. Um, There was a recent study done on really health conscious, strictly plant eaters uh, versus health conscious meat eaters who are actually as far as meat eaters go very, very healthy, as far as their diet. And we still saw that the plant eaters were better off overall for both nutrient uh, intake and for certain biomarkers. Now, going back to what you were saying earlier around the blood type diet, I've actually written an article uh, about that on my oh, um, my website. Yeah, on my website. So, so people can go there and, and read about that. It's one of my earliest ones, actually, it might be the first or second one on there. So it's based on this idea, when you essentially expose you know, blood cells or, or blood to um, certain blood types to uh, certain proteins that are found in foods, you might get some that like clump up. But this is done in a petri dish. And so you start thinking, okay, there's this aggregation coming or happening. Maybe there's some sort of interaction there. Maybe they best avoid certain foods. Uh, but what we care about is what actually happens when people consume those foods because you're not putting food directly in your bloodstream either, right? You're digesting right. it, you're breaking it apart, you're absorbing the nutrients, and so on. So the the author of those books, Peter Diadamo, I think that's how it's pronounced. Back in in like the nineties, ninety six or something like that was his first book, Eat Right for Your Type. You know, he got a lot of pushback because because of issues with the the types of, of science that he was using, and he was saying, you know, don't worry about it. We're on year I don't know year eight of a ten year trial on blood type diet and certain types of, of cancer So I'm probably getting those numbers uh, off there, but something along, he's like basically saying, I've got a trial underway. We're going to publish results. We're getting great results. And it's been a couple decades that never came around. And then in, yeah. (laughs) And then in 2004, he wrote a book about uh, rheumatoid arthritis and the blood type diet. Same deal says, Oh, I'm doing a trial right now on rheumatoid arthritis. We're getting great results. It's going to be awesome. Well, where's that? It's been uh, it's been a while now, and uh, we Bullshit, never saw that either. Dumb. So either that was untrue, or it was true, and the results were not favorable. Um, that was to be my my most likely, you know, assumptions. But other researchers have taken it upon themselves to put it to the test. And you know, there was a, a study done a while back looking at various blood types and like dietary patterns and seeing you know, who does better, you know, as far as um, I think they were looking at cardiovascular risk, I I can't recall exactly. Uh, And they found that regardless of blood type, eating a more plant based diet was beneficial, which would be technically the type A uh, diet. Uh, Similarly, uh, last year, and uh, Dr. Neil Bernard and and colleagues published another study very similarly, looking at various blood types and uh, plant based diet and, and same deal, they found that it was beneficial regardless of blood type. So this whole hypothesis around the blood type, uh, and you know different diets that that uh, or different people that seem to do better on certain diets, it just really fails uh, when you put it to the test and, and we right. consistently see that again, what we've known for decades about diet that lower in saturated fat dominated by plants, uh, it's just the way to go across the board uh, if you're looking for longevity and, and uh, a reduction in risk of most of our leading killers or many of our leading killers.
1: Sure. Well, speaking of leading killers, that just perfect segue into <laughs> the world of diabetes, which mm-hmm. is, so prevalent, I mean you're in Canada, it's big in Canada, it's affecting over 30 million Americans, at least uh, if you're listening to this, you know someone that has diabetes or is pre-diabetic or you could be yourself. Um, it's crazy because there's these centers that are popping up everywhere, they're called DeVita, it's like the, the name of this um, dialysis center. And they're so common, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like a massage envy or something, like it was <laughs> like a massage center or some sort yeah. of like a skin. Sounds place. like it. <laughs> yeah, really, like Davita, and it has like a pretty little logo. And I literally seen them pop up like near Starbucks and in the like all of these little um, shopping areas. And then I, I was talking to the Queen, my mom, and uh, she was like, "Oh yeah, those are those are dialysis centers, and they're again popping up like Starbucks." All over. So people are really going through it right now and struggling with diabetes. Scary. So I just was curious to get your take on more of a, a natural diet uh, or a natural approach, more so, and uh, and how I guess a plant-based diet, how being vegan, um, kind of ties in with diabetes. It can hopefully help it. I would think.
0: Yeah. So um, I'll try to I'll try to give the quick version, but I'm going to get into a little detail here. Um, so basically in a healthy individual, we have to understand that diabetes, um, I'll talk specifically about type two diabetes because type one diabetes is an autoimmune uh, condition right. where yes, we may be able to help manage it by maximizing our insulin sensitivity through diet, but you're not going to really fully treat the condition. You're, you're not going to get to a point where you can stop taking insulin if you have type one diabetes, cause your pancreas is damaged, but with type two diabetes, this is how it goes. So in a healthy individual you eat carbohydrates, your blood sugar rises. Um, and then as your blood sugar rises, your pancreas produces insulin, which is gonna travel through the bloodstream, bind to uh, you know certain receptors called insulin receptors in say your liver or, or around your uh, like muscle cells. And it's gonna tell the cell that, hey, there's a bunch of sugar out here in the blood, you need to take it in, you need to you know, store it or use it for energy or do something with it. Mm. So that's a healthy individual. Now, in somebody with insulin resistance, which is what causes type 2 diabetes, you have the same process. You eat carbohydrates, blood sugar rises, and then your pancreas produces insulin, travels to those receptors, binds to the receptor, but that signal isn't getting through. Like the message isn't getting through that, hey, there's sugar out here, you got to take it in. And the reason being, uh, in most cases, or in a lot lot of cases, is that there's fat or breakdown products of fat on the inside of the cell that are blocking that signal. So a really simple way, and this is a, an oversimplification I wanna make very clear, is that insulin is the key that unlocks the door, but fat is gumming up the lock. Mm. And so now there are a few reasons for that fat being in there where it shouldn't be. One of the big ones, and probably the biggest one, is we have, we can store fat you know, in our abdomen, around our organs, and that's called visceral fat. As visceral fat rises, you can actually spill, it can spill over essentially and end up in these um, you know, cells where it shouldn't be. That is one, one place that it comes from. Another place that it can come from is in a high saturated fat diet. And where do we get saturated fat? Well, we get it from meat, dairy, eggs, coconut oil, palm oil. Those are some of the, the main sources. And so By adopting a more plant-based diet, and we have actually a 74-week randomized controlled trial by Dr. Neil Bernard on this, comparing it to the American Diabetes Association uh, recommended low-carb diet, you can actually lower your saturated fat intake drastically, and you can promote weight loss, which is, again, going to help by uh, removing some of that fat around the abdomen there. Uh, By doing so, you can actually improve your insulin sensitivity... Ah, uh, in many cases, reduce your need, or sometimes even eliminate your need for medications or insulin usage, and you'll get back to eating carbohydrates, and and, and you'll know, fully functioning. Um, mm. That is, yeah, like that's the way you want to go. Now we have, on the other hand, diets like say the ketogenic diet. Oh and my God, by, it's so popular it, right now. It is, it is, and and one of the reasons is for blood sugar management. The thing is, if you're not eating carbohydrates or you know, eating very minimal carbohydrates, like you would on a keto diet, mm. of course, your blood sugar is not going to rise, you know, of course, your blood sugar levels are going to look good after a while. But and and if you lose weight, again, there can be improvements there. So if, if you you do get some weight loss through that, but you're still typically if you're consuming the kind of standard ketogenic diet, you're eating a ton of saturated fat. And, and because you're not eating carbohydrates, you don't know if your insulin sensitivity is improved. You can, if type two diabetes is an issue with carbohydrate metabolism, and you're not eating carbohydrates, have you really fixed the issue? Probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like, and this is um, not a direct comparison, but if you were to you know, have a peanut allergy and then not eat peanuts, like, uh, did you fix your peanut allergy? Probably not. And not that you can fix that. So, you know, something like a keto diet may help by weight loss. It'll certainly help manage your blood sugar uh, levels, but especially when done in a manner that is high in saturated fat, probably not going to be good for uh, overall insulin sensitivity, probably not going to be good for your cardiovascular disease risk down the road. And we know that we can do quite well with a plant-based approach there.
1: Yeah, with, with the keto diet, I know it's very heavy, of course, in saturated fats, a lot of butter, margarine, well, not margarine, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> they're, not...
0: they're usually against margarine, funny enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, so but butter, of course, oils, um, mm-hmm. it's rich in a lot, a lot of oils. But mm-hmm. when it comes to all of those, butter, margarine oil, avocado oil, grapeseed, there's so many different types mm-hmm. to use. I'm overwhelmed by what the hell I should be using. I was on a coconut oil kick for a bit and using that to like, you know, cook eggs and stuff. Oh, and I also wanna talk about eggs too. That's another- We can can
0: get there too, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, because we'll see, I'm still such a fan, but also I saw something that you had written about like breaking down if eggs are really like, live up to the hype because Mm -hmm. for for a lot of people, eggs are fundamental for the diet. But let's talk about all the different oils now. Which ones do you recommend for the healthiest diet for you? So people can kind of navigate the kitchen and, and when they're shopping in the store, what the hell should yeah. you be buying?
0: I'll just start with, there are a few that will, that are not great for your cardiovascular. Disease. These are going to be things like butter, not tackling an oil, but I'll throw it in there. Coconut oil, palm oil, uh, those tropical oils, they're, those are all high in saturated fat. Those can raise your LDL cholesterol, raise your cardiovascular disease risk. Now, margarine's kind of a, a tricky topic because, you know, decades ago, it was full of uh, trans fats. That was really bad for you. Yeah. nowadays nowadays they're they're trans fat free you can get the soft margarines that are very low in saturated fat i would suppose that those are better options
1: what is margarine just what like canola like oil
0: you, usually usually various like uh, uh vegetable oils and, and they can make them like spreadable and, yeah okay that's basically it but uh oh and, and basel actually makes a vegan one which is cool because sometimes they have lactose in them so uh and then with the healthier oils the oils that are more consistently associated with good health outcomes. We're looking at extra virgin olive oil being a great one. Um, avocado oil has a very similar fatty acid profile. So I would suspect that it would have similar health outcomes, but we don't have as much data on it because it, it hasn't been used as prevalently as uh, olive oil. Uh, also things like uh, canola oil, uh, funny enough, it gets a really bad rap, but yeah, it's, it's uh, terrible for you. But, but, but as far as the actual research goes, it's consistently beneficial. In fact, actually what? it might lower cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah, the, the research on, on um, what's uh, commonly termed seed oils, like your canola oil, sunflower oil, and so on, they have some of the best data of all foods, actually, for things like cardiovascular disease. The reason that there's concern about it is um, basically speculation on the fact that they uh, can be high in certain types of uh, fatty acids that they, you know, there's all sorts of speculation around whether or not they would oxidize in the body and, and, uh, okay. and like, But at the end of the day, with any of these research questions, we have to look at what actually happens to your health, not speculating based on, okay, it's involved in this pathway. Therefore that may happen or whatever. We have to look at, okay, people who consume more of this when they're matched to very similar individuals, you know, smoking status, activity level, the rest of their diet, don't consume those oils. Is there a difference in, uh, in risk? And we actually see, if anything, there's a benefit to consuming those. So if you were to switch from things like coconut oil or butter or so on to any of like olive oil, canola oil, sunflower oil and and so on, those would be uh, good switches as far as cardiovascular risk goes.
1: Oh, okay. Damn, yeah. I don't have any canola or like cooking or (laughs) like that. The seed oils, I avoid them, but maybe I'm down for some like fried (laughs) eggplant. You know,
0: why not? Yeah, and and like the other thing is it's not like Like it's not necessary to consume them either, but it's just, it's it's certain. yeah, it's just certainly not a detriment.
1: I mean, they're just great for like cooking wise. Like if you want to fry something up, you know, get out the canola, but uh, okay, great. Good to know. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was microwaves are they terrible am i gonna get cancer from the microwave no, no i no, stop no, no, using they... it i have friends that removed microwaves from their home so there's two things one it will give you cancer if you're close to it that's mm-hmm. like i don't know if that's considered an old wives sale or maybe yeah, there's yeah. actual medical research behind it also it takes all the nutrients out of your food so it's just not good for anything to, it's not good to cook anything in a microwave yeah. because you're going to
0: eliminate some so of the nutrients yeah so two issues there for one As far as radiation leakage or whatever, no, they've tested that by uh, you know putting like something that emits a signal inside the microwave and testing if it gets through and all it doesn't happen. That's that's not a concern. Maybe if your microwave is like super worn out and the seal is broken or something. I don't know. But generally, no, microwaves aren't a concern that way. And then as far as nutrients, microwaves actually, depending on the food that you're consuming, may help preserve nutrition better than other cooking. Get out of here. Yeah, and the reason is because because the cooking time is so short. So if you like, there are some studies that will cook foods for the same amount of time from mm-hmm. various methods, whether that's microwaving, boiling, steaming, roast, or you know, baking. If you cook them for the same amount of time, then maybe the microwave does a bit more damage that way. It's still not going to be by a huge margin, but maybe it does. But if you actually look at appropriate cooking times, which in a microwave is going to be far less than you would be cooking by other methods, you actually preserve more nutrition. Uh, in a lot of cases. And that's because while it might be really high temperature or, or um, yeah. uh, whatever kind of uh, metric you want to use, the time is just so short that it's not it's going to be exposed to that very long. Okay. Well, what about like reheating food? I guess like you would be... Taking- reheating via microwave is probably better than most other methods.
1: Damn. Yeah. I was going to get rid of my microwave <laughs> and now i kind of love
0: that i have one yeah I, I actually have a post on that if people want to check my my instagram I have a post yeah post my
1: no book. i think it's great just because that's one that i think a lot of people well i don't even know where that started like was there just like a huge study that came out like because it's per, i've heard it for years and it was like my parents have said it and then you know it's trickled all the way down yeah
0: I, I i think with stuff like that you know when you hear the word radiation or you you know you hear these these words that can just kind of like trigger fear Then we start speculating about what could be causing that. And then, you know, I I just, I don't know where it all comes from, but usually it stems from something like that, like some sort of like a deer based reason.
1: Thank you for breaking the myth, my friend. No problem. Okay. So when it comes to living a vegan lifestyle or just plant-based, you know, for the most part, vegetarian, I know with people, uh, friends that I've, I've had and people I've dated that they have to use supplements, Uh, For some of the nutrients that they might be lacking. One specific one I would love to talk about is vitamin D, especially as we go (laughs) into the winter months, it's getting colder. And it's so crazy that I remember I I had a blood test and I actually had a really low vitamin D. I was vitamin D deficient. So I ended up going, you know, on a prescription strength vitamin D pill um, that helped got me out of my funk. I thought I was just like clinically depressed, but I don't know. I mean, there are studies that show that having low vitamin D is linked to depression and other things, but going into, again, cold months, people are inside more, they're not getting vitamin D. Um, And again, with the vegan diet, they will need to supplement. What are you doing? Are you taking a bunch of
0: different pills? No, so I'm actually pretty minimal with supplements and we can go over kind of my, what I do, but um, just for vitamin D in general, it's good to understand that for starters, it'll depend on where you live. Yeah, I live in of Vancouver, course. Canada. Sunshine's going to go away pretty soon here. And uh, uh, and even then, I have darker skin. I don't make as much vitamin D from sun exposure as someone with lighter skin. But vitamin D in general, yes, you can get it from fortified foods. So you can get some from like fortified plant milks, just like, you know, in, in dairy milk, a lot of time it's added. You can get some that way. Um, there aren't a lot of good, even if we're talking about animal foods, there aren't a lot of good dietary sources of vitamin D. At the same time, uh, the risks of lower vitamin D do tend to be a bit overblown. You don't really run into big issues until you're really low. But at the same time, we don't want to be low, right? We don't want right. to be down there. So typically, I'm um, like here in Canada, or I know in like the UK, and um, you know places I'm that so are a little bleeding, further north. In the UK too, yeah. People get
1: so yeah. depressed,
0: and, and and places that are a little further north, it is typically recommended uh to supplement particularly as you age because your your ability to produce vitamin D decreases. For that reason, I do think that um vegans especially who aren't get, who are going to be getting even less dietary sources of vitamin D should supplement or should consider supplement, particularly if they live in northern climates. So I do. I, I yeah I supplement yeah. a vitamin D and then and then like the other one uh that I I religiously supplement is vitamin B12. And those are the two main ones for myself.
1: Okay. Yeah. And in, in regards to supplements, you, besides those two, you're not a big fan of taking supplements.
0: You know, I take what is needed or what has been shown to benefit me. So there, there are a couple others that we can talk about too. Like um, I actually take a creatine supplement as somebody who's very physically active. Uh, that is something that that actually might even benefit uh, vegetarians and vegans more than meat eaters. So I started recently taking a creatine supplement just to test it out and I like it. So yeah. keeping up with it. There's also um, an iodine supplement that I basically you can get iodine from iodized salt. You can get it from sea vegetables like nori, dulse, wakame, sea lettuce. Uh, but I don't always make sure I'm consuming, you know, X amount of of those foods per day. So so if I'm if it's, you know it's been a day that I'm not really having any, I'll just take a little drop of iodine and, and get my dose that way. You know, it's an easy one. To, so iodine is important for thyroid health. It's a component oh, okay. of your thyroid hormones. So if you're like really deficient for a long period of time, you can end up with a goiter and end up hypothyroid. Um, So just to prevent that uh, more than anything else, although vegans have been shown to have lower levels of uh, iodine, uh, particularly when measured in the urine, which is a better way to measure it. But at the same time, I am not aware of data suggesting that vegans are at higher risk of hypothyroidism. So I'm not entirely sure how um, necessary it would be, but I think it is a good practice to make sure that you're getting enough iodine in your diet. Do you know I'm that sure. if you are not, do you just have to do a blood test? It's it's usually a urine test is best. Test. Yeah, urinary mm-hmm. iodine uh, would be best. But uh, but like if you're eating, you know, iodized salt, even half a teaspoon or so uh, per day, to me, more than enough. Uh, although in, in pregnancy and breastfeeding, the requirements go up a little bit. So most prenatals will include that. And then uh, yeah, other than that, so I've got the B twelve, the D, uh, creatine, iodine. That's about it. Those, as far as the things I'm taking regularly, that's about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've been sold on uh, like, there's companies like Vital Proteins, and a lot of skincare companies right now are getting into like these supplements that you can add to your smoothies and shakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one big one right now is collagen. Yeah. Some people swear by it and say, oh, there are so many benefits to putting collagen in your smoothies. It's great for your skin, it builds elastins, and it helps uh, regeneration of your skin cells. But then I heard on the flip side that it's all bullshit. And there's like no actual validity to putting like a collagen powder in your smoothie. I mean, maybe there's some dietary benefits to it. But for your actual skin, which is what it's marketed towards. By the way, Mm -hmm. these powders are very expensive. Collagen powder, it's like 100 bucks I've spent on. And it's like a
0: waste product, really. So it's it's like they're making they're making like huge money on it. They're
1: making bank. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I'm just I don't know if you've dived into those collagen uh powder waters. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. yeah. I feel like I can again just redirect to my Instagram. I got a couple of posts on collagen, but I'll, I'll talk yeah, about everyone, it. Everyone, I will
1: share everything yeah. and put a yeah. link in the description of this episode so people can follow you. Cause again yeah. sounds can...
0: sounds great. So with collagen, if remember it's a protein. It's a very large protein. Now what we do when we consume proteins, we break them down to either these really short chains of uh, proteins, uh, which actually oftentimes collagen supplements are already broken down. They're, they're broken down into small peptides, yeah. but you basically di- through digestion. We break them down into small peptides or into individual amino acids, and then we absorb them and then they get rebuilt into proteins in our body. So you're not like taking collagen and then absorbing collagen and then, you know, having the collagen go directly to your skin or wherever. What's happening is you're, you're getting these breakdown products, of collagen that, which are just proteins and, um, you know, absorbing it and, and going from there. So when we look at the research on collagen, and there is some research for skin, there's like no research for hair. I know that's that's one claim that gets made. There's like zero. There's no real research for gut health. Again, big claims around that. I haven't seen much uh, there. Uh, but for skin, there is some showing some benefits for certain markers. Now, with that, the big issue is it's always comparing collagen to a non-protein powder. So you're comparing collagen versus a, a complete placebo, which is fine. But to actually know if collagen itself is beneficial beyond the fact that it's protein, because collagen is made of protein, uh, maybe more protein is just good for our skin, right? It it could be the case. Uh, In order to know that you got to compare collagen directly to other sources of protein, and they don't do that. Now, there is one study comparing collagen to um another type of protein, and I can't recall what protein it was. it might have been whey or something uh, for like muscle gain yeah. and and uh, it actually I, I believe it was worse. Uh, and one of the reasons may be that collagen is actually an incomplete protein is actually missing one of the essential amino acids. So a lot of people want to talk about plants being incomplete. Well, all plants have all of the essential amino acids. The only food I'm aware of that doesn't is collagen, uh, which is is an animal product, uh, funny enough. Yeah. um so I am not at all convinced of, of some unique benefit to collagen supplementation. If anything, there may be some level of benefit strictly because it is a protein source, um, right. but that doesn't mean that there aren't better sources out there. Yeah, so I would think kind of, most of them
1: for skin would be topical, like actual things you can apply to yeah, your yeah. Face.
0: And Yeah, and, like, and also keep in mind that these collagen supplements, most of the time, they aren't just collagen either. They're like collagen and vitamin C. Vitamin C is useful for making collagen in our body, and Mm. some other compounds that might be involved in that too. So, I mean, it's a big marketing machine. There's a lot of issues with most of the research that's out there. And I would love to see a direct comparison between something like collagen and say like soy protein, uh, because there are um, reasons to actually speculate that the soy isoflavones uh, that might be found in some soy proteins might actually be beneficial for skin as well. So, you know, there's, there's potential there for that to be even better. Of course, we can't say that at this point, because we don't have the research comparing the two.
1: Right, right. Uh, When it comes to uh, different vegan options that are offered, I feel like the market is so expansive right now. There's some incredible things out there. Uh, It is a little bit expensive though. If you want to live that lifestyle, you know, if you want to go the organic route too, um, to eat healthy nowadays, it costs more. It's easier to uh, live a shittier, unhealthy life, (laughs) which is so So sad.
0: It it depends a little bit on, um, I think it depends partly on where you are. So, you know, I can speak to here in Canada, uh, when the new Canada food guide got released in 2019, they actually did a study on what would happen to, um, you know, families. I think they were looking at families four, their grocery bill over the course of a year, if they were to eat according to guidelines compared to like the national um, averages. Um, and they actually found that adhering to the, the guidelines, which is essentially a plant-based diet, it's your fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and they say protein foods, but they uh, specify that plant proteins are, are um, ideal. You'd actually save money. So where things can get expensive is when you're going for the plant-based meat product and the plant-based cheese in, and then you're going out to the restaurants and and that like in that sense yes adopting a plant-based diet could be more expensive but if you are really focusing on you know the basics the fruits vegetables whole grains your beans chickpeas lentils like I don't think you can get anything much cheaper than lentils uh, it it absolutely can be very cost effective and then especially when you're comparing to you know, if you're doing an apples to apples comparison, where you're talking about, say, higher quality, or even even like a, a, a plant-based meat product versus like a grass-fed animal product. So, like, let's say somebody's interested in health. Not that I think there's a benefit to, to grass-fed animal products, but uh, say someone uh, is choosing that because they they're more health conscious and they think it, it's better for them. That's probably going to be more expensive, or at least as expensive. Right. Um, just yeah. because, you know, those are really marked up. So I, I think it depends on what you're comparing to.
1: Sure. Well, with some of these like beyond Meat uh, mm-hmm. products. So there's an argument that I've heard and I'm like, hmm, OK, what the hell is this about? So for my meat eating friends, I remember we were doing a barbecue and I was cooking up some burgers. So of course, I had plant based burgers and then also grass fed, good old fashioned beef ones too. Yeah, yeah. And and the response from a couple of my friends were, look at all of the ingredients and oh chemicals. My God, yep. Look at all that shit that's on the back of the package of what you're eating. It's just, and you don't even know how to pronounce half of those things. Do you even know what you're eating in that plant-based burger? Yeah. I'd rather eat something that's 100% pure, um, That at least I know it's grass-fed, it's organic, and it's it's beef, it's good for my system, rather than eat all of those chemicals and, and whatever they're putting into it. And, and also the argument comes, you're eating something that looks like meat. Well, why don't you just eat it? You know, why don't you just have the burger okay. if, you, if you want something so bad that looks like a burger? Um, with fake blood that looks like I think they'll use like a, a beet dye sometimes not, not a, oh yeah and beyond yeah that's what they use and beyond burgers but anyway so that's something that I hear all the time and I was like yeah I actually just like the taste of uh, <laughs> a, a plant-based burger um, yeah. and and sometimes I don't feel well actually all the time when I when I eat a normal burger uh, beef I feel just like oof like I can feel it you know like I, I might need a little bit of a nap and I just feel mm-hmm. heavy uh, but again if I go plant-based one uh, I feel a little bit Lighter, but again, that argument where you're just consuming all those godforsaken chemicals. Yeah, I came to the right place to talk to you about it. What are your thoughts on this? What do you think? So,
0: I want to just answer the last part first, um, before I get to the the chemicals part, just because so the the argument that you know, why are you eating something that looks like meat or tastes like meat? It's because we don't go plant based or or vegan necessarily because we dislike the taste or the texture, like we look at it, we or consume these plant-based products, because A, they may be healthier, and B, because we don't want to kill an animal for our food. <laughs> if, yeah. if, it's not, if it's not necessary, it's that simple. It has nothing to do with not enjoying it. You're like, hey, if bacon didn't have to be the result of of killing a pig, and if it was healthy for me, I would eat it. like It's as simple as that. Uh, and if it was, of course, good for the environment too. So that is just a very strange argument to me. It's a really um, common one
1: though. Yeah. It's I, like I hear it all the time for my meat eating friends. Well, why are you even eating that?
0: Well, clearly they don't understand why, but, uh, right, right. Um, but with, with the chemicals argument, I get it a lot too. And uh, I don't think they understand a, what those different ingredients are. And at the end of the day, what I mentioned earlier, health outcomes is what matters or, or, um, you know, the actual impact of that product on our health, not the necessarily contents. If we wanted to, we could run down all the chemicals and, and even their grass fed meat, the heme iron, the do five GC, the cholesterol, the saturated fat, like we can run through all that too, right? It's not a, it's not difficult to do. So what we need to look at is the research. And we have actually a really great study called the swap meat study, uh, that was done, uh, they swapped years ago, swap meat, S W A P dash meat. Um, oh, okay. I always yeah. think of that as kind of like a, like a flea market vibe. Yeah, no. So it was, it was an excellent study. They did a randomized, uh, crossover design. So they had, you know, a bunch of people, they split them into two groups. Uh, one of them had, uh, just, uh, had two servings or more of beyond meat products per day, as well as their just regular diet. Uh, and then the other group had two or more products of organic meat products. So not just your conventional meat products, organic meat products per day, for, I think it was two weeks, I, I might be missing the timeline, I think it was two weeks, and then they switched. Uh, and then they did the opposite diet. So you can see what impact that that had on you know various biomarkers. and everything.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Um, yeah. And so at the end, they found that actually the plant-based group had a little bit of weight loss compared to the organic meat group. Uh, they also had a lower um, LDL cholesterol level, which will lower your risk of cardiovascular disease. I think they did better for, they did actually the same or better for each of the, the biomarkers that were tested. I, I might be wrong. Maybe there was one that the other group did better on. I, I can't recall, but, but uh, it, it showed that as far as cardiovascular risk, as far as weight management, uh, it's actually beneficial to make the switch to a Beyond Meat over organic meat products. Um, now, we don't have research on long-term intakes and, say, actual risk of having a heart attack, but we can speculate based on the LDL cholesterol differences that I mentioned and, and uh, the impact that that would have. We should also note that the Seventh Day Adventists, uh, Loma Linda, California, they're known for their uh, uh, plant-based meat product consumption. Uh, that's they're one of the longest living populations in the world, and um, they basically invented the thing. You know that they, they were some of the ones making the earliest versions of these. Now, of course, they Wait, changed. Where was that? I didn't even know that. L- Loma Linda, Loma Linda, California, the Seventh yeah. Day Adventists there. Um, yeah, they're one of the longest living populations in the world. Dang. And they are predominantly plant based. Uh, Whether they eat meat or not, they are uh, definitely swaying more towards plant based. They have a large vegan population too. Uh, And they were, you know, decades ago, some of the first to really um, create these plant based meat alternatives and and that. And not that that is comparable to Beyond Meat. I think there are healthier versions than Beyond Meat. But it's just funny that when we look at that swap meat study comparing one of the highest or higher saturated fat plant based meat products versus what would be considered a good animal meat source, like organic meat products, mm-hmm. uh, the plant based meat still seems to come out on top. And uh, that may be partially to do with the fiber. I can't recall if there was differences in saturated fat intake, there might have been a bit lower in the in the plant based group, but definitely, uh, they would have had a uh, lower cholesterol intake because, um, because there isn't any in the beyond meat products. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so when we're looking at that, I mean, there's no real argument around the number of ingredients. I mean, but by that, by that standard, looking at even a plant-based milk, like an almond milk, for example, it's just almonds and water, but then they add nutrients to it. So you've got your calcium carbonate in there. You've got, uh, you know, the, you look through the list There's all these like big words that might sound scary, but they're literally just nutrients that were added. Cholecalciferol, which would be vitamin D. It's just, yeah. So it, it's an, a nonsense argument in my opinion. Yeah, with all of the different milks
1: offered, I want to talk milk and eggs, essential mm-hmm. for the body. Not dairy, yeah. of course, but we, yeah. we're getting milk out of so much shit these days: peas, mm-hmm. almonds, cashew. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting your milk?
0: Um, what are you I. It out of. I sometimes use oat, uh, but soy is my favorite one. That's the okay. one that I go to most. Uh, it's the it's the highest protein of of most of the ones I can get around here. It's typically the most nutritious as far as uh, mineral content. Um, so I, I choose it more for that reason. And I like the, the taste and the creaminess of it. I know some people prefer oat because it's even a little bit more creamy. I mean, that's a, a you know, personal preference. Milk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so good. Well, okay. And then when it comes to eggs, I, I tried recently, uh, just cause my friend Elliot, who is vegan, loves the vegan life. And, uh, for his birthday, he wanted, you know, I wanted to do a breakfast for him. So I, I got these fake eggs. I think the brand is called eggs actually. And it comes just egg. You mean just, just egg. Egg? Yeah. yeah i got i got some in my fridge here too yeah okay so um what a weird product that is <laughs> as someone who loves eggs i try them they don't taste like eggs to me. To him, they said it tasted like like mashed potatoes and gravy. To him, okay, um, like that was the flavor compound that he recognized. Uh, but I tried it and I was like, okay, it's good. It has the same consistency though of eggs. It like has mm-hmm. that scrambled thing. And for anyone who doesn't isn't familiar with it, um, it's basically like buying vegan scrambled eggs. But I don't understand uh, one, what the hell that is, <laughs> and two, if it's actually good for me.
0: Yeah, so it's it's actually um, the main ingredient is a mung bean um, protein isolate. So it, it's it's uh, so it's made from mung beans, um, and of course they have uh, different. I can't remember what like I think they have some spices and things in there, and, and uh, a couple other um, ingredients. I can't recall all of them, but as far as like overall health, it is you know, very low in saturated fats. It's got no cholesterol. It's got some nutrition. It, it's a it's a pretty good product as far as I'm concerned. It, it's something that I just literally had it for the first time like last week. What, are your um, because,
1: what does it taste like to you?
0: No, so I liked it, but I actually, um, I uh, sautéed up some like mushrooms and onions and things, and added spices, and then put it in or mixed it in with that. So, I, I, I don't know. I haven't tried the flavor of just the just egg by itself. Yeah, because I had all of that in there, so I can't, I can't really speak to your experience. I really liked it, so especially the texture was like spot on. So, yeah, like I, I think those are absolutely fine, healthy products to use. Um, just like uh, you know certain. Um, mock meat products and also be very low in saturated fat and pretty good sources of nutrition that could be um could be good sources to use too
1: when it comes to uh consuming eggs though um Mm -hmm. i mean just even my doctor is like make sure you're you know getting that protein egg whites are so good for you and it's almost kind of like when the dairy industry was pushing the got milk campaigns and everyone was drinking up the leche and i know that i mean cow's milk I mean, if you're listening to this and you like cow's milk, good for you, but like, it's just not the thing for me. Oh, it makes me sick to my stomach. And and I'm lactose intolerant anyway. So
0: yeah. (laughs) It literally makes you sick. literally makes
1: me sick. Hershey (laughs) squirts. Um, I'm not a fan, but the same, uh, I guess, importance is put on consuming eggs. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm curious, uh, what do you think about that? And Are eggs really even that good for you? If -hmm. you are, because it's important people, I mean, even if you're trying to build muscle and stuff, like people are doing like throwing a couple eggs in their shakes or having a rocky moment and sucking them down just in a glass. Oh, uh, there's a pure form of like a good solid source of protein. But again, I'd I'd love to get your input on this.
0: So on the protein front, if you compare eggs to like tofu, which tofu scrambles a pretty common replacement for eggs, the tofu wipes the floor. Uh, with uh, with eggs as far as protein content as far as overall nutrition like not even close uh, well protein content is not way far and above but the the actual nutrient content is is way better for uh, tofu so eggs I don't know how it gets this you know label as this super food nutrition bomb or like nutrient bomb type thing because it's really not that impressive but as far as health outcomes again what I care about looking at say cardiovascular disease risk there is so much wrong with like all of the research we have on, on, or a lot of the research we have on eggs. Uh, what a lot of studies will do is, so if, you know, eating eggs raises your LDL cholesterol and having a higher LDL cholesterol leads to heart disease, what they'll do is they'll match people up. They'll, they'll do what's called an adjustment for LDL cholesterol. So they'll basically compare people with similar LDL cholesterol. Well, if eating eggs raises your LDL cholesterol, which raises your heart disease risk, but you're removing that middle variable, you can't find the link between eggs and cardiovascular disease. So that's one big issue. Another one is they often look at very low levels of exposure. They'll be like, okay, what's the difference in risk between like two eggs a week versus five eggs a week. I mean, that's not a lot of eggs. You know, that's, that's like uh, most people are eating like, or most people that we would be wanting to talk with about this issue are eating probably like two a day or something. Right. Not, not, not two to five a week. I, I was so doing that we, for a long time. Yeah, literally everyone yeah. two eggs. Exactly. So when we look at research that actually has a good contrast in exposure from, from, you know, a, like very little egg consumption to like daily egg consumption, we do see an increase in risk uh, for things like cardiovascular disease. We also see an increased risk for say type two diabetes. And I think that's really important to note. Also, if you're looking at the general population, well, a lot of people consume a fair amount of cholesterol already, right? Once you eat a certain amount of cholesterol, you don't further raise your cholesterol. So there's a plateau. So if you're taking a bunch of people eating a lot of cholesterol, you add some eggs on top of that, it's not going to get much higher. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if you take a <laughs> vegan like myself, you were to feed me a bunch of eggs I and mean, my cholesterol would shoot up. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So that's another issue that comes up. So when we look at appropriately designed studies on this, and I, like you mentioned, I do have some posts around this a friend of mine, uh, Matt Mador, he's a nutritional science, uh, um, actually he's a master's student now in nutritional science. He's written a really in-depth article basically going over all the research on eggs. I highly recommend people check that out where you can get all the nuance behind this. But one of the biggest impacts that we can see as far as risk goes is when you replace eggs with plants. So when you replace egg protein with plant protein, whether that's from, say, nuts and seeds or whole grains or um, legumes or other sources, uh, we typically see a pretty striking reduction in risk. And so what you replace a certain food with really matters, right? If you replace eggs with red meat, well, then maybe not so much, but replace eggs with plants and then you definitely see a benefit there.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. I love it. This makes me want to not eat eggs, get some of those just eggs and and live a good life. Yeah, questions. there you <laughs> go. I would love for you to come back uh, and talk with us more. Uh, but at the Low Life, we have a tradition of rapid fire questions. We round out every yeah, episode. Yeah. If you don't mind answering some yeah. rapid fire, here we freaking go.
0: Baby, you you burning up, burning up
1: you, baby. Cottage on the beach or cabin in the woods? Beach. Nice. All right. Your celebrity crush. I'm gonna go with female celebrity crush, and then your male
0: crush. Female. I don't know Gal Gadot. I'm a superhero fan, I guess. Uh, there go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> she's is Gal Gadot. Superwoman. No, she's
0: Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah.
1: Okay, one of those. Yeah. Okay.
0: Ma- male celebrity crush. I don't know. Uh Henry Cavill's pretty awesome. I was at the uh Justice League premiere uh when it came out, and oh, and nice. uh, I was down. It happened. It was a fluke. It happened to be literally right next to my hotel uh, when I was there, and so I went out and I met a bunch of them and. Yeah, oh, that's cool! cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, were you staying in Westwood? I don't know. It was like it was right on like the Hollywood, the kind of strip there, whatever it is. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, it was uh, like yeah. Chinese Theater. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh,
1: if your belly button had a magical power, any power, when you pressed it, what would you make your belly
0: button do? It could do anything you want. That's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would start playing some ACDC or something. <laughs> i don't know like i said it's a weird question
1: she's playing some music i love it great just
0: a jukebox here we go yeah what is your
1: uh go-to cheat meal or your go-to i don't know i guess weekend little cheat meal
0: vegan ice cream
1: vegan soft serve to be specific vegan soft serve are you getting it from a specific place
0: yeah, there's. I mean, there's a few places around here where at where I live uh, in Vancouver. There's Whisk Matcha Cafe. They do a a, a matcha soft serve, vegan soft serve, oh, so super good. good. Then there's a a place uh, downtown called uh, Perverted Ice Cream, actually, and and they do a vegan version too.
1: Nice. Uh, when you come to L.A., you gotta check out Magpies. If, okay. if you haven't been, oh my! I don't God, know. They're like- their vegan ice cream. Whew, it is incredible. Uh, yeah, they have and they have all these like weird bougie flavors. It's kind of like a salt and straw if you're familiar with salt and straw, uh, but like a vegan version. Anyway, delicious. Uh, next one is when are you most inspired?
0: Usually when I get messages from people about how my content has helped them, it, it you know it drives me to you know keep keep producing content. It gets gets overwhelming sometimes, and and uh, usually that's what keeps me going.
1: Yeah, love it what is a movie that is a mood changer for you this is one that you've watched more than once maybe you could even quote it but i'm not going to have you quote it today and again it could be any type of mood you want it to be if you want to go to a dark place with like a schindler's list or you want to have a good mood dumb and dumber or something like
0: that but any you movie- just took mine it was dumb and dumber
1: was it oh <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> or liar liar anything oh, jim carrey, really? oh so good yeah. yeah anything Jim carrey.
1: yeah I'm, i love jim carrey too and then are you familiar with the love languages i want to ask what is your top love language?
0: No, I'd say probably quality time.
1: Quality time. Yeah, just some good one-on-one time is what you want. Uh, what is something that people commonly get wrong about you?
0: People often assume that I don't ever eat like less than healthy food. <laughs> I mean, <occasionally, laughs> yeah. like I said, I like to occasionally have some vegan ice cream or something, but yeah, uh, yeah, people think it's, it's like never. I've actually had friends who like, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd be not having anything for like a, a month and then um they invite me to like a potluck and i have some of the cake or something and they're like what <laughs> you know, wow like, look at you I'm like, Living yeah. on the edge <laughs> exactly it's kind of funny do you drink alcohol i'm curious like once a year maybe once a year like yeah, yeah like very, actually honestly it's been like it's been like probably two and a half three years at this point like it, it's mm-hmm. very very infrequent
1: yeah, I mean, and if you are gonna have a drink, if you're going to a bar, uh what would you
0: be? Or if you are gonna have alcohol, what
1: would you get? Beer? Uh, no, I don't I'm know. Not
0: I'm not. I'm not exactly a connoisseur. I uh sometimes I'll, if someone, if I'm with someone else, I'll, I'll just see what they recommend and can go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or um, like I, I've actually um, a couple times, as I kind of mentioned already, like ACDC, I've, I've uh, with them, or or I actually know them, and I know um, uh, like a couple other bands like Airborne and, and stuff, but uh, oh, uh, cool. personally. So like, if I'm with them, sometimes they'll just like, you know, give me something and I'll have it. And, and that you way, know, right, I, I remember, I, I, no, 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 not so exactly.
1: Because the liquor yeah. tolerance, I would think is so low that you like with a glass Probably. of wine would be
0: like lit. <laughs> uh,
1: when you die and come back to this world, let's say you believe in reincarnation and you get to come back into this world as an animal, which animal would you choose to come back to this Elephant. world as? Oh, for Oh, sure. nice. Yeah, loyal and smart animals. I always like to leave my low-lifers, that's what we call my listeners, uh, with some sort of a quote, something to go into the weekend feeling good, a quote that you like to live by. It could be something from your own life that you say to yourself or from someone else, um, but just leave them with a, a nice quote
0: from you, doctor. Okay. I would say that we, for each small step that we take towards living a healthier life, we can really get big rewards out of that. It's not always all or nothing. I know a lot of the time we're focused on like black and white, but you know, for each step you make towards a more plant-based diet for, or for each 10 minutes of physical activity that you do or whatever it happens to be, there is something there to gain, you know? So, so don't worry about always being, you know, all in a hundred percent, like I did way back when, yeah. <laughs> when but, but, uh, but know that, you know, for each change that you're making, um, uh, you can definitely benefit from that.
1: Yeah, it can almost be like baby steps, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's for me, like, well, on my little uh, plant-based journey started off giving up the eggs, you know, that sort of thing. And then Mm -hmm. I I just start to incorporate little things like that. And now I'm definitely going to try some of that, like more beyond meat or like some of those products too, um, because you definitely kind of debunked that. And I'll be using my microwave too, Yeah, because of you, my friend, thank you so much for coming on. I'd love to have you back. Um, And again, yeah, I appreciate it. I'll link everything um, on Instagram, but just can you let the listeners know where to, to find you and get in contact with you if they have any questions?
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Instagram is probably where I'm most active. So at uh, Dr. Matthew Negra, dr. Matthew Negra. I'm also on Twitter at Dr. Matthew Negra. I'm on Facebook. Uh, again, just my name. I have a YouTube channel, but I only have a few videos. Usually it's it's like debates that I do with people over nutrition. And I have a, a website, Dr. Matthew if, if you have any uh, questions? You can email me through the link on the website, or you can always message me on social media, uh, preferably Instagram, because, like I said, that's where I'm I'm most active, and I should be able to get back to you. But uh, other than that, I think that's all I got. Cool, and I'll link all of that again
1: in the description of this episode, so be good to go. Yeah, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it so much. And yeah, have a wonderful. I guess you're going into the weekend now. Have a great rest yeah. of your weekend. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this one just jam-packed with great information for you. Just got to take a moment, though. Take a beat. Got to back it up and wrap it up and just say thank you. Gracias from the bottom of my freaking little spicy heart to my listeners, my low lifers. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without the incredible listeners that I have, and I just don't take you for granted at all. Never take you for granted. I appreciate you so much, and there are hundreds of thousands of new podcasts that are launching into the world every single day. So for you to take the time to be here with me and give of your time is is so appreciated. And again, I will never take it for granted. And I just want to say you are so appreciated and, and thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be able to do this podcast and, and listening in and, and giving such wonderful, great feedback and, and helping me build this little pod community it's it's been pretty awesome i'm i'm very grateful to have this and it's got me through some pretty dark times in the last year and and so the fact that i can bring any of you joy it's incredible and it really makes all of the time and effort that i put into doing these shows completely worth it and and there's a whole team behind me and i have amazing producers and an editor who works his ass off to to put out these shows for for you guys every single week and we can continue to put out free shows for you every single Thursday, because you take the time to support and love this podcast on Apple Podcasts, And I'm learning how this whole thing works. And from what I've learned with my producers is the more reviews you have on Apple Podcasts, the better it is for your actual show. It helps the algorithm. It helps with analytics. It helps with a very important thing like getting sponsors. Uh, so again, supporting our sponsors and also supporting this podcast by taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and put the five stars and following it, sharing it with your friends and family. That's the only way this podcast can actually grow and we can continue to do what we're doing, putting out good shit for you guys. So (laughs) thank you again so much for that. And it doesn't have to be a long message. It can be whatever you want it to be on Apple Review. You could leave a little tamale, throw a couple little salsa dancers, a rainbow, throw a couple dicks my way, eggplants, whatever you want it to be is welcomed and So appreciated, And the more the better. I have listeners who have written several reviews and again, it it really helps. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And I want to show my gratitude and my appreciation to my listeners. So I'm opening up the low life gifting suite. Oh yes. I've been sending out free gifts to you guys. And these are gifts from our sponsors, some beauty products that I love. I also just went and bought a bunch of shit on Amazon that I personally am excited about that I can share with you guys. I'm also trashy sangria mix, some dill pickle popcorn. There's a whole array of gifts um, that are being sent out. So uh, leave your Instagram handle in the actual Apple review. And uh, I'll be picking people at random uh, from the review section. And I'll be sliding into your DMs. And you might just have a chance to win a little something, something from the low life gifting suite. And I have even more gifts coming your way for the holidays. This is the time to shine, baby. And who doesn't love free shit? So (laughs) let me jump into reading some reviews from Apple Podcasts. I read each and every single review. And again, they are all so appreciated. All right. First review comes from Caitlin Sally. Oh, I love both of those names, but I have a special place in my heart for the name Sally. Love this. Okay. Caitlin Sally writes, five stars, feels like home. (laughs) Hi, Lo. Your podcast is amazing and always reminds me of home when listening to it. Oh, my God. Caitlin Sally, I love that this podcast feels like home for you. I don't know where home is for you. Are you an Orange County girl? Are you from California? But regardless, I'm I'm so happy that this could give you a little piece of home. That's the sweetest compliment. Thank you for that. All right. Next review comes from Andrea 22 Johnson. Andrea 22 Johnson writes, such a treasure, five stars, sending you all the love from Kentucky. (laughs) Love from Kentucky. Your voice alone puts the biggest smile on my face. She threw an eggplant my way. XOXO, you sweet angel. Oh my gosh. Andrea 22 Johnson. Thank you for that. I love that you're listening from Kentucky that's on my bucket list of places that I have to visit in America uh, just because I know there's some incredible little foodie spots that I watched uh, an episode of the food network and they went to Kentucky and I was like, Oh shit, like sign me up. Anyway, uh, hopefully I get to meet you someday in Kentucky, Andrea. I look forward to that and thank you uh, for leaving the review on Apple podcasts. All right. I have time for one more review. This one comes from heat on Oh five zero eight. H-E-A-T on 0508. Okay. Heat on 0508 writes. So do you like friends? Question mark. Five stars. So I'm not trying to call you out. Yes, I am. <laughs> but you said in your most recent podcast that friends is quote unquote amazing. So I would just like to know the truth, Buta. LOL. LOL. <laughs> Love your podcast. You're doing great, sweetie, with a heart and a laughing, crying face emoji. Oh, that's so funny. You yeah, had the answer to your question, Buddha, is no. I do not like Friends. I don't hate Friends. It's just not the show for me. I never got into it. I don't really relate to the show. It just never really did it for me. And part of the reason why it doesn't do it for me is because I I can't do a show with the laugh track. It just, like, makes my eye twitch. That's just the thing for me. I have to maybe give it another chance. (laughs) Maybe. Because I know people who freaking love the show. Caitlin being one of them. Caitlin was like, I don't even know if we can go into the depths of closeness in this relationship if you don't like Friendslow. And I told her, I'm going to swing it right back at you with The Office. You don't watch The Office. That's a tough one for me to digest. So we all have our shows. We all have things that we love. Oh, and what I meant by amazing is that show actually is amazing. Like, people love it. Not amazing to me. Um, but I was referring more so what Desi Arnaz did. Desi Arnaz, in the last episode, I talked about how he is the founder of syndicated television and broadcasting. We're able to watch reruns for amazing shows like Friends, which, again, I don't find amazing, or Seinfeld, or The Office, or you know Dexter, whatever show you're into. Um, those are all technically I would consider them all incredible shows. Um, Just some of them aren't for me. And Friends is definitely one of them that is not for me. But I love that you called me out on that. But no, I'm sticking to my guns. Friends isn't for me. Maybe if I take a couple edibles, then I'll be into it. I don't know. So far, it's not my show. But I hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Maybe watch an episode of Friends. Have yourself an impossible burger Or maybe you want to grill up a steak I don't know, do whatever makes you happy But don't forget to drink your water Because I know you're thirsty (laughs) We love love you you, And we're out (gasps) Bye
0: Hey, y'all. I'm Brandi Cyrus. Wait, are we (laughs) live? And that's my mom, Tish.
1: Sorry, we're stoned. You're going to have to talk into the mic, Tuts. Hey, everybody. It's Tish the Dish here, just ready to dish on all
0: of life's hottest topics. And plus, you'll hear crazy family stories, design tips, and oh, so much more.
1: So follow our pod and find us on Instagram
0: at sorry, we're stoned so you don't miss an episode. Bye, stoners.